everybody. Before we, we begin, I'd like to give a little disclaimer. First off, we are not mental health professionals. We are just teenagers who have been in therapy, so we have some opinions on our mental health, but um, do not take everything that we say super seriously. Also, this episode does contain descriptions of suicide and suicidal thoughts, so if that is triggering to you, um, I would log off now. And um, the hotline for the National Suicide Hotline is 800-273-8255. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is the McLean Minute Podcast with your host, Franny McLean. I've got my lovely special guest here. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I am Dava Wisend, and um, let's see. Uh, let's think of a fun fact really quick. Um, oh, my favorite show is Monster Men. I'm sorry, Mountain Monster Men. It is a show that airs on Animal Planet and National Geographic about seven hillbillies who try to hunt Bigfoot. Thank you for that lovely fun fact. You know, actually, the previous guest didn't have a fun fact, so I'm oh. really happy that you had to... You know, you just <laughs> need to have those fun facts. You know, let people know who you are. I've known Dava since we were in fourth grade, and she's easily one of the most articulate and emotionally mature people that I know. She knows how to tell like it is. She, uh, she can, you know, she puts her money where, where her mouth is, and... Um, she is an open book. She is aggressive in her self-ownership, which I admire. And uh, she's a senior at Elmar High School, and she will be attending Mary Washington in the fall. Oh, scary future. So if y'all didn't know, this podcast is about mental health, spirituality, everything and anything in between. Um, and each episode, we have a activity that we do. Last episode, um, Evan Smart and I played with some clay. And today, we are making some bracelets. We've got a bunch of beads. We've got beads with letters on them, beads with numbers on them, anything and everything. So we will be doing that. And let's just go ahead and get started. Ching, you know, just to make it have... We've got time. The last yeah. podcast episode was like an hour long. Nice. So we've got okay. plenty of time to create whatever yeah. your heart I got desires. censored on my last podcast that I went on. Why? What'd you do? Because I talked about childbirth too much. <laughs> <laughs> the different birthing poses. And I also acted them out and that got cut. Can you believe that? <laughs> Well, I promise this podcast is very organic. I'm not going to be cutting out the ums and ohs and anything uncomfortable. The only thing I might bleep out is any curse words. That is that is it. I will so try to not curse. You can if you really I, feel like you need to, but know that part of my project is learning learn is learning GarageBand and learning how to edit audio, so that that's oh. up for me. <laughs> so would you cut it out or bleep it? Like put the bleep like the MTV put the, like the yes, bleep. Okay. Yes, I, put the bleep. I appreciate that yes. because I really think that, okay, that's one thing about our current government that I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not a fan of is that we have such weird laws where, like, you can buy, like, an AK-47 or whatever, but you can't say <laughs> on TV. <laughs> like, no, you're right. It's whack. Like, that's, like, a weird thing, you know? No, I absolutely agree. Um, as to get started, what are some things that you struggle with with your mental health? Um, what don't I struggle with? No, actually, I mean, for me, 
my mental health has definitely gone through various stages. Like recently, I learned that my parents thought I had OCD as a child, which is very fun because they definitely don't tell me a lot of stuff about my medical issues when I was a kid. Like it wasn't until like eighth grade that I learned that I was deaf for like six months as a child (laughs) and they didn't tell me. Well, they thought I remembered and I was like, I was two years old. How would I remember that? But, um, yeah, so I've always struggled with anxiety from a young age where I would have complete mental breakdowns and meltdowns if we were even somewhat possibly going to be late. This happened every day on our way to school and I would be screaming and crying and my parents had to like cover up the clock in the car so I didn't know what time it is. And so I've always been an anxious person, which is not the most fun thing. Um, You know, recently I've been trying to get prescribed Xanax, but that has not gone anywhere. Shout out. And of course, everything that Dava is not comfortable with sharing with the world will be cut out. That is the only other thing that will be cut out. So if you're listening to this now and you hear her talking about Xanax, which is actually one of the questions that I was leading up to is your thoughts on um, the prescription of some of these mental health medications at oh. such a young age. Oh. And um, Well, let's talk more about my history first, because there's a lot of it. Um, I mean, I know for you, I think we both started struggling with mental health around the same age like eighth grade-ish ninth grade-ish definitely was when it hit like so I've been I dealt with pretty bad anxiety for my entire life but it wasn't depression until like high school really started definitely the worst year of my life mental health wise was junior year that was junior year notoriously a rough year Mm-hmm. very rough my grandfather and my cat died in the fall and that was not great my mom also had cancer so that was also something but <laughs> so you know that didn't set me up for success <laughs> i am so sorry dava dava is one of the most like she has persevered through pretty much everything, and this is why I wanted to have her on, because I know that she can really talk the talk I, about this kind of stuff. Well, you know, technically I still haven't processed it, but that, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But The world doesn't need to know that. Yeah, they don't need to know that. But, yeah, definitely high school, I don't think I realized I was depressed until sophomore year, which I didn't get diagnosed with depression until the winter of junior year to which everyone went what mm-hmm. when I told them that I was like yeah I'm officially diagnosed and they were like you haven't been diagnosed before I was like no no I haven't but it's okay um yeah so definitely I think early on I didn't realize how bad it was like it didn't occur to me as an option that it was that bad um But yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, what's your worst year been? Oh my gosh. I don't know if I have a worst year because each year of high school was kind of bad in its own way for me. I feel like for me, it's at least gotten consistently 
better from fresh. Well, it's gotten better in the terms of support I've had around me, not necessarily saying my mental health has gotten better because junior year again, worst year. Like that was the first time that I ever became suicidal was Mm -hmm. junior year. But like I had people around me so that in some ways made it better. But it's also just like not good mental health wise to be suicidal, you know? No, not generally. Not generally something people really think of as a good sign. But yeah, that that definitely interesting experience. The I have a question for you. How has school impacted your mental health? Um, or how, how much of a role does school play in your mental health? Well, that was part of the reason the first time I became suicidal was due in part because being completely overwhelmed by the scope of everything that I had to do. And I will say there was a certain class and a certain teacher who very much contributed to my lack of well-being. Uh, shout out Mr. Wayne. He is an angel and deserves to be paid like so much more than he's paid. He is like so sweet and has always been so accommodating of all my health issues, not just mental health. So, you know, that's like really, I appreciate that. Whereas other teachers are not and they can be vindictive and mean and show complete lack of empathy of any kind. I mean, I think not just teachers, but adults as well, because I think sometimes adults kind of forget what it was like to be a teenager. And right now, I feel like the mental health has declined for teenagers like exponentially downward and because of technology and because of social media and phones. Oh my gosh, social media... I used to, I mean, I still have issues with, like, food and body image, but nowhere near as badly as I did when I was, like, a couple years ago. But I found that following more positive people or body neutrality or even body positivity stuff really helped me feel better. Because once you stop subscribing to this notion of conventional attractiveness or worth based on attractiveness... It definitely makes you feel better, but social media plays a huge role in what we're exposed to. I also think our parents play a huge role, which, like you were saying, I'm very blessed to have parents who understand mental health and actually believe that it's real, because I know some people, like, their parents just don't don't even believe that this stuff is real. I don't even know how. Which, yeah, it's kind of difficult for me to be like, how do you not believe in this stuff? But some people really don't. And that's sad, but the way it is for a lot of people. But, yeah, I social media, awful. I spend way too much time on it still. I TikTok is just so addictive to me where... I'm trying to think of something to put on my bracelet. I can't find one of, like, the flower ones with F on it. Like, all the other letters have, like, a cute little flower. 
Okay, so I want to use... I, I decided that I want to go with something Arrested Development themed. I love that. And I think I'm going to put an I Heart Job Netflix. Netflix? Net, Netflix. I, yeah. Yeah. Last night, I think I probably had a stroke because I just, like, couldn't talk. For, like, 20 minutes, I couldn't say stuff right. I was, like, looking at objects around my house and I was trying to like talk to my cat because I talk at my cat. I baby talk to Twiggy all the time. She's a wonderful cat. Oh, she also has very bad anxiety. I got her as like a emotional support animal. She probably has more issues than me, but it's okay. I love her. But I was trying to talk to her and I just like was looking at objects around, like I was just looking at her and I was like, bottle, how is, and I was like, what? I was like, oh my gosh, this is not good. Not a good indicator for. Words are fun. Words are fun. Words really like don't mean anything. Like, they don't. We've just. I also don't understand how he came up with such specific sounds, especially for the English language. Like I naturally don't think I would produce any of these sounds because have you ever played the game where you try to come up with a new sound or a new word? Mm-hmm. When I do that, I just make like caveman sounds. Like I, I'm like, <laughs> like stuff like that, where it's not like English languagey stuff. It's not natural. But I admire people who are able to like come up with words. I think words are my favorite word. I like orb. I like orb too. I like vehicular, as in, like, vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> I think that's, like, just... <laughs> How has your attitude towards school changed over the years? Um, I definitely uh, give it a lot less value as a thing. Like, I don't think school means that much because, like, I could have gotten into the school that I'm going to with a lot less effort than I ever put into any of my classes. So... I, I mean, I don't regret trying. I think it's good and necessary, but sometimes it's like you just like gave your soul to this thing and then you get nothing in return from it. And so that just is like sucks. And like mostly it's math classes. Math is just the bane of my existence. <laughs> I don't do math well. I never have. I don't think I ever will do math well you know mm -hmm. but like I would just try so hard also I mean part of my trying really hard was I also never wanted to take the finals for any of my classes and to get exempt from them you have to get like the good like at least a A to get out of them yeah. and so I would always just try to do that and that required a lot of effort which you know unfortunate you know we've all tried too hard in a class before so I think not my great school advice is don't try and just you know let it happen because that's that's how life is but 
I mean, what do you think? Like, I what do you, I also don't like our modern school system. It's oh, absolutely not. still based on a racist narrative. Most classes, like, okay, I've been conditioned to be this way. My dad has serious beef with Texas, but Texas probably has one of the worst school systems in America. Mm-hmm. But, well, they just write all of their own textbooks so they control the narrative of everything that they're teaching and especially this impacts history classes and they're teaching these like lost cause narrative things about the civil war and stuff like that but even do you remember on tiktok like a while ago with all the british people bashing the american school system yes or being like all or being like, oh my gosh, all Americans take like multiple choice tests. Like that's all they do. They don't have to defend their thinking at all. It's like, well, that might be true somewhere. But this is kind of something that had me, that made me have a revelation. Is just thinking about how different every school is, even in a county or a division. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. there's no, I mean, it's public school but there's no standard of public school there's no set model of public school which i think in a lot of ways harms students and teachers because everybody can get such a different quality of education based on location and race and especially especially in living in virginia with like how much we glorify jamestown and williamsburg and how it's like Oh, go visit Jamestown and churn butter like, like like they did then. Yeah, well, they were also slaughtering Native Americans Yeah, and raping them. They like, also were really stupid. I'm going to yeah. say this. Now, if you don't know the history of Jamestown, the settlers came over in 1604, 1605. I forget which year exactly. It doesn't matter. But um, Not like they discovered it or anything. Nope. But... Then they almost died because they didn't have enough food. And so a lot of people attribute this. They're like, well, they didn't have space to go out of their little fortress and build food because, like, the Native Americans would shoot at them and stuff. And it's like... Yeah, there's a reason that they would shoot at them because they were just these random people who declared... Yeah, well, that's part of it. But there's also the part where instead of using the good soil and land within their defended space, they chose to grow tobacco. So they were literally starving to death. Some people resorted to eating their shoe leather or even cannibalism because they chose to grow tobacco instead of food, you know, which isn't the best choice. But that's just a little history of Jamestown. They also chose to live on a swamp, which is, like, such a stupid decision. <laughs> Williamsburg, Jamestown, swamp towns. That's what I call them. Mm-hmm. I know. You're going to go live there. It's during the hot <laughs> season. Not even, no. I hate, it's so humid and muggy and hot because it's built on a swamp. Mm-hmm. And when they were like, oh, it's built on a swamp. They didn't think to move not to a swamp. They were just like, we'll just build on top of the swamp still. Just keep on going. Yeah, they're like, why change? So that was a great thing that they chose to do. So now most of our, like, national, like, the, like, D.C., 
still kind of a swamp town. Not as much, but still kind of a swamp town. Mm-hmm. All of our like first cities and colonies and important places are absolute trash swamp towns. Like Florida. Well, Florida is in itself entirely a swamp town. Which, also the narrative that is the South, which is that the South is blamed for all the issues of America, basically. Like, it's like, oh, the United States, we wouldn't be racist if we didn't have the South. And it's like... No, people were still very much racist living up in Massachusetts. Absolutely. Like, when... Oh, I feel so bad. I forgot her name. But the first black girl to attend... Or, like, she switched schools. Maybe, but it was in, like... It was up in New England area. But she switched schools because the quality of education at the segregated... Well, it's... That's the thing is the North is like, we didn't have segregation. We didn't have all of this. Yes, you did. It was just not labeled that way. The South labeled it that way. They said, we know what we're doing. It's this. But Mm -hmm. the North said, well, we're just going to pretend that we're not. And then they would, like, create these school districts where it made all the black kids go to this school and all the rich white kids go to this school because of, like, gentrification and stuff and low-income housing and all that where only black people could get like lowing like get those houses oh all those people are going to go to this school even if it's like farther away but it's like people were waving the confederate flag in new england mm. it's not racism is not equal to a region it's a sickness that has infested basically everything mm-hmm. absolutely which yeah but I think, honestly, going on college tours and visiting other colleges in other areas made me realize how much I actually like living in the South. And I like the culture of kindness that we have here. Because, like, I went to Danville to get my first vaccine. And that's, like, deep, deeper South. That's on the border of North Carolina and Virginia, basically. And it's a really sad town because they used to have a really booming... uh, textile industry and then that failed like 20 years ago and now it's just deep poverty and it's mostly a black populated city too it's really sad but it's just like I went there and everyone was so kind and like the dude like when you have to sit for the 15 minutes he's like all right now have you taken this have you gotten this form? Have you got, do you know what to do if you get like your symptoms? It's going to be all right. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> I love Southern accents too. It's terrible have that, how they've been coined as a symbol of stupidity. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see where they did this study where they had like people give the exact same talk, but in just different accents. And like the British accent was chosen as the most like intelligent person. And then it was like just a regular, like more New England or California American accent. And then there was like a Southern accent and the Southern accent people thought that they were like the least intelligent person. It's heartbreaking. It is. Cause there are so many smart people from the South in they're just completely dismissed, which I don't appreciate that. We also have the highest black population, so, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yes, this is very on topic for mental health. But I mean, for a lot of individuals, the mental health topic is centered around white people. Mm -hmm. And it's not even considered that a lot of people of color, especially black people, have mental health issues. Like, you see a lot of young white boys, especially, they got diagnosed with ADHD when they were, like, five years old, and they've been on Adderall since then. But then a lot of black boys get labeled as loud and disruptive and stuff like that, and it's like, well, maybe they have these issues, too, but that's not even considered because all they can be is... Especially with generational trauma and how therapy is so whitewashed and how it barely discusses that. And I mean, of course, I'm a white girl with a white therapist, but there are still like... I have a Jewish therapist, (laughs) so you know what? (laughs) Not to be superior. No, but like I, doing research around trying to find a therapist in Charlottesville, it was, there was practically no black therapists. Oh, it is like so many... Your nose is bleeding. My nose is bleeding. Um, All right. We're going to pause real quick because my nose just started bleeding out of nowhere. So pause on this topic. We will be right back, you guys. All right. We are back with currently have a tissue shoved up my nose, courtesy of Mr. P, whose lovely, lovely studio we are using today. So if I sound a little nasal, that is because I've got a tissue shoved up my nose. Dava. I'm going to give you the next question off Go of my little guiding question list. How are your physical health and mental health linked? Ooh. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't have great physical health um, to begin with. That's I, why I asked this question. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely notice a connection between... Well, I have chronic migraine, and then for a while I had really bad stomach issues where they I got tested for, like, so much stuff and everything came back negative. And I have celiac disease, which just means I can't eat gluten in general. But definitely I think they it's a cycle, and it just builds upon itself because if you feel physically unwell and you're unable to do things and you're unable to, like, get together with friends or do anything fun or feel good that makes your mental health bad and your mental health being bad can make you feel physically worse and it's a cycle that just builds and builds and builds and it just results in you feeling awful both physically and mentally all the time like for me it's really difficult to be on the computer for a long time with my head or even in school just focus for a long time because I've had like four or five concussions at this point which, you know, isn't great. But it just makes everything more difficult when you don't feel well to, like, try and force yourself to be happy or be productive or do stuff. Like, that's definitely a struggle. I think I'm definitely better with dealing with my mental health aspect of that now. But that's partly just because it's improved a lot. Like, I know having, I used to get migraines that were really debilitating and I would have to just like lay down for hours, like every day that would be an occurrence. And now it's like maybe once a week or something, but oof, 
That's a lot of blood. Yeah, it's a decent amount. You got some on your hand, too. Just a little bit. Yeah, that's all right. But, I mean, I know that you've also had some health issues. Like, you had mono that went on Oh, gosh. I always forget about mono. Mono was probably... I take take back what I said before. The time when I had mono, end of sophomore year, was easily the worst time of my life. Because, like you said, it was you cannot move. You cannot blink. Your head is throbbing. You feel like you're going to... up but it hurts to get up hurts to swallow it's like your whole body just feels awful and this was going on for probably I felt like that for probably two weeks and then but the fatigue the fatigue hit me through at least chronic fatigue is such people I don't I still experience chronic fatigue to this day I mean I've had one of my doctors was just like yeah it's exhausting to live with physical or mental pain it's exhausting it's exhausting to feel terrible all the time so then you're obviously going to be tired all the time but then it makes it even harder to do things that would make you feel better and again this is where school comes into mental health a lot is that school is difficult to do when you feel like shit you know yeah. like the last thing I do when I'm finally feeling good after a migraine is go do homework right like that's the last thing that I want to do with my day but sometimes it's what you have to do and then sometimes it can make you feel worse again so it's not yeah. the best cycle and for me we, we, we both be have stuck in. some tummy issues but I have moderate to severe IBS and they th- thought that I had Crohn's for a while because of my indigestion but um I, my stress is directly linked to my stomach and my stomach is directly linked to my stress. Like when I get just a little bit stressed, I don't eat, I get cramping. We don't got to go into the details, but it's not pretty. It's not fun. I don't feel great. But as everybody knows, hot girls have stomach issues. That's very true. Yeah. Pretty much everybody I'm friends with has stomach issues and stomach issues suck because you just... Being nauseous is the part of your body. And being nauseous, it's like everything else you can take meds for. Like pain is kind of doable, but like literally nothing else makes it feel better. But um, it's, it's, yeah, it's um, the one thing that I've found that helps is CBD. There's such a stigma around it about, about needing stuff constantly and like, well, I do think and needing medic and needing medication constantly. It's like we not everybody is blessed with perfect health. Yeah, which is it is a privilege. I am on so There's blood on my necklace. <laughs> it's cute. Oh, it's like you know, like when people give like blood necklaces. That's disgusting. I'm sorry, but like I, I, I don't hate that get too. it. <laughs> I don't want your old blood. Um, but. Yeah, you know, they used to do hair lockets in the Victorian era. I like that. I do too, but also... But that's also kind of creepy. Hair texturally, just like little tufts of hair. I don't really want that. Yeah, no, me neither. But medication, I am always on so many different medications. That's also another part that sucked and made me feel terrible is I would go to the doctors and they would start me on this new medication and the side effects would be the exact same things I was already experiencing so it just make me feel so much worse mm-hmm. and 
So I would constantly be stopping and starting new medications that all just made me feel worse or have different new issues. And so medication sometimes can work really well when you find the right one. But when you don't have the right one, it makes everything worse. Do you think that kids are prescribed that kind of stuff too early? Like Prozac, um, that kind of stuff. Because Prozac for me, I should not have been on Prozac. How, what, what, what age were you when you first got? I started Prozac when I was 14. Okay. But some people start it when they're like 10. Yeah, I was around that age, I think, when I first got prescribed any sort of medication. I mean, I've been on so many medications throughout my life. I I don't really think there's a period where I've been unmedicated, whether for mental or physical health in my life. So it's really hard for me to distinguish like how it would have been if I hadn't been on that stuff. But I think Lexapro was the first thing I was ever put on. Yeah. Lexapro, that one, it was great other than it took away all my anxiety. So now I no longer had like motivation to do anything because I wasn't worrying about it. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that Drugs are overprescribed, but I also think there are situations where it's really necessary. And it, even if it's the wrong one, you're starting on a journey of finding the right one, which is so important. Once you mm-hmm. get on the right medications. Yeah, like, I mean, I I was prescribed Prozac, and then I went unmedicated for a while, and that was not good for my mental health. And then I was on... Um, And then it took a while because my stomach had such a sensitivity to a lot of pills. And then finally, after going through therapy and then finally meeting with a psychiatrist, it took me so long to meet with a psychiatrist. I was getting prescribed Prozac up to like 60, 70 milligrams of Prozac uh, from my primary care physician who did not know I don't think primary care physicians should be allowed to prescribe mental health drugs. I 100% agree. I think it needs the professional. Because also they don't know how it interacts with your other medications. That's the thing for me is that I learned that like I would be prescribed something from a doctor and then I would go to my psychiatrist and he would be like, you need to stop taking that right now. Like that's really bad to be mixing those drugs. And doctors that aren't trained in just medication, like psychiatrists are, they don't know that. And they think that they are helping when in reality, it's definitely hurting you. I also think going to a psychiatrist is a good step towards getting therapy anyway, which should be the first treatment for the majority of these issues, you know? Mm-hmm. Like because things only get worse when you're the only one thinking about them and you're the only one trying to process them because our brains are not reliable. And we talked about this on the last episode. When everything is circulating through your brain, the brain that has been conditioned to think certain things based on your childhood, it's just not... No. Like, yes. It's, <laughs> it's not... You, 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 it sucks. It sucks to have to say this, but when you are mentally ill, you are not a reliable narrator of your own mental health. You're... Absolutely right. That is so true. I I 100% agree with that because I have my therapist, he says that I catastrophize everything, which is true, is I get a little bit of information and I make the worst case scenario out of it. Like I'll take a test and I'll feel bad about like maybe one or two of the questions. And I'll be like, well, if I felt bad about those, then it means that I probably did bad on all of them. And I probably failed the test. I definitely failed this. I failed this. I failed this. Or something like, 
oh, this person didn't text me back. Did I do something wrong to make them mad? They probably hate me now. We're not even friends to begin with. I don't have any friend. Like, you make the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. out of the smallest things. And that is not a good thing to do. Yeah, it's not fun to just, like, be trapped in your own head, too. And oftentimes you feel like you're the only one having these thoughts. Or, well, sometimes there's the thing where you, like, minimize your own mental health care and you're like, I'm pretty sure everybody has this, or I'm pretty sure people have it worse than this. But it's like, no, you know, a lot of the time it's as bad as you think it is, or possibly worse. Mm -hmm. But, like, BoJack Horseman, that show love it so much it so beautifully articulates and illustrates mental health without victimizing the people with these issues because I think a lot of times it's also having mental illness hurts not only you but other people and that's difficult to accept for a Mm -hmm. lot of people that their actions while they are mentally ill have consequences which they do like you can't expect to be an awful person and then just blame it on your mental health issues. Like, it's an explanation, not an excuse, mm-hmm. basically. Yes, 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 yes. Which a lot of people just excuse everything because they're like, well, it's my mental health. My mental health is bad, but it's like... Your mental health does not give you an excuse to be yeah, a crappy person. It's not an excuse to just not care about anyone or anything else that's I not think, oh my gosh so many people were like that i was like that some people in middle school were like that especially yeah. with social media and how it tumblr tumblr was also absolutely god awful romanticizing mental illness that's in exactly general what I was like, say. like people wanting to be mentally ill thinking that it's cute or aesthetically pleasing like no it's not i literally yeah. tried to kill myself like it's <laughs> like uh-huh. i wasn't allowed to drive for a couple of weeks uh-huh <laughs> Like, it's like, yeah, it's so cute until it's real, and then it's very much Mm. ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. And the especially with psychosis, I've noticed that too, because I have been diagnosed with, you know, psychotic episodes before. Yeah. And it's like, and when you tell people that, all the people who are like, oh, my God, I'm so depressed, it's like all of them shut up. Oh, it's always, also, it's like parts of mental illness are really glorified, but other parts aren't. Like, Mm -hmm. Mental health, like being depressed is fine when it's like, oh, I, I cry all the time and I'm just so sad and alone. But then when like... When you don't brush your teeth for two weeks. And then people are like, like ew, ew, why would you do that? Well, here's the thing. I always say that there's two different types of depression. There's the type where you either like never shower or you shower multiple times a day or you don't eat at all or you eat all the time like there are kind of the two extremes where one is like completely withdrawing where the other one is trying to just self soothe and medicate with every means possible mm-hmm. which I am definitely like the latter type like I will ooh, I know I'm going through it if I'm like you know what I've already showered but maybe one more shower would be nice and mm-hmm. I'm like oh can I see your bracelet Yes, so I made an I love Job I love it Bracelet I'm going to make another one Where I need to decide See 
I don't know how I feel about John Mulaney anymore. It's okay. really been a source of like anguish for me in the mm-hmm. past week because I th- I definitely like idolized him and made like this perfect vision of him being this perfect kind couldn't hurt anybody person and then he files for divorce from his wife and then starts dating another woman who is age appropriate I would like to add that even though I don't love it it's actually age appropriate so it's not weird or gross mm-hmm. but just because his stand-up specials in comedy, like, that's what there's I watch so when... I, yeah, there's that's... So special for both of us. Yeah. Like, and then it happens, and it's like, oh, you can't watch it the same anymore. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you're not this person that I built you in my mind to be. It's like mm-hmm. they're becoming a real person, which one time I know Leonardo DiCaprio said this, but he's like, I like to keep my like private life completely out of the public because I know that it ruins my movies for people when they get to know who I actually am because yeah. it ruins the character that you have built which is just kind of him for saying that because not a lot of people are able to admit that because some, some celebrities get sucked up in their perfect perfect oh, idolization yeah. that you know fan bases have made for them but it's like and no no one can be that good like that's the thing I actually for a while felt like something was coming with John Mulaney not not only I mean the going to rehab that is not something that quote-unquote ruined him for me I felt so happy that he was getting help that he needed that was not something that made me go oh he's a changed person that is not what changed my opinion of him at all I just want to make that very clear because I think that it is so important to let people know that you can get help when you need it And I think that I'm just glad that he's doing better and doing okay with addiction and mental health. Addiction and mental health, that is a whole other thing to talk about. But it's just, like, sad that people can't be as perfect as you want them to be, you know? Yes. That's just something that you have to learn, and it sucks to learn that. It's like growing up and then realizing that your parents aren't perfect. Like, that's like, oh. Yep. Like, oh, they've done things. They've made mistakes. They aren't these just characters in your life, but they're your their own people, which I think a lot of men just don't realize that other people are people who have their own lives, but that's a different thing to... Mm. But it's just sad because I love him so much and his work means so much to me and I just wanted it to stay the same forever, which it wouldn't anyway because as you get older and you learn more, your opinions and views on things are going to change. But, I mean, I've known about him for, like, at least four years, I think, and throughout that time it still has remained a constant thing that brings me joy to watch. So... To have it change is difficult and sad, and I think change is very difficult for people with mental health and just people in general. I completely agree. Yeah. We, we work together. How do you think having, like, a steady job impacts your mental health? Does it help it? Does it help to have something steady? Does it not help it at all? Like, I talk a lot of crap. 
about work. I complain about it all the time, but I truly think that it has a positive impact on me at least. I, on days that I don't have work or I'm off from work and I don't have anything to do, I can quickly spiral into a state of feeling depressed. Like that's easy for me to do. So I definitely think having work helps, but sometimes I think that I can abuse work and work too much to try to ignore how I'm feeling and that's not good. Do you feel, how do you feel about work? How's work I for mean, you? It's definitely, I need, I need a space where I can get out of my own head and do something purely physical and okay. It's like, I have a job to do. I have, I know exactly what I have to do. It's a routine. Yeah. It's making recipes. Like that is something that really helps routine calm is me nice. down. Routine is nice. Like when I'm at home and I'm feeling overwhelmed, I cook. And it's like I, I follow a step-by-step process. I plan it out because I need that routine. And work is great, but when it's not great, when it's slammed, and when nobody knows what to do, that's when it gets bad for me. And that's when I yeah. get super overwhelmed. Uh, I can get easily overwhelmed at work. That is something that I know can happen. And then I get, like, really irritable, and I'm, like, I'm just not, like, a great person when I'm like that. And I don't like being like that because that reminds me of how my mom is when she's stressed. And I know that I don't enjoy that experience. So, yeah, that's not always the most fun thing. But I also, I, I like being responsible for myself and getting paid. Like, that's nice. Yes, getting paid for your yes. work and earning your work is very fun. Okay, back to the topic of, like, medication and talking about addiction within that. I think that's really important to acknowledge and think about with depression and mental illness is that it's really easy to become addicted to anything. You do not become addicted to prescribed medications that are for your mental health. You're not going to become addicted to Lexapro or Wellbutrin. Those are not addictions. Those are technically dependencies but they are safe, good dependencies. Especially when you are diagnosed mentally ill and you know that you have a hormonal imbalance. Yeah. Because some people forget, like, yes, it's great. Exercise and eating well does make your body feel better. It does relieve some of the symptoms of, of, of mental illness. But ultimately, essential oils and meditating are not necessarily going to fix the hormonal balance in your brain. I think a lot of people, especially in the spiritual community, tend to forget that. Oh, yeah. And I think in the spiritual community, people... Have you ever been told to just, like, meditate? Yes. Oh, my God. That pisses me off. Where they're like, you just need to meditate and, like, think about, like, just clear your mind. Like, no, if I think about it, I'm going (laughs) to... Girl, that it would not be a good thing if I started to think about that. Yeah. But I also think that a lot of undiagnosed mentally ill people turn to drugs at a young age as Mm self-medication which I don't think is good I know a lot of people who are stoners and they don't believe that you can become addicted to weed which it's true you can't become addicted in the sense of chemically but you develop a severe dependency which i just call addiction because it simplifies it 
Like if you aren't able to perform basic tasks or feel normal without smoking, you're addicted to that thing. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, for me at least, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I am currently on a track of sobriety from marijuana right now because I was, I was abusing it. I was, especially with COVID, I think COVID has a huge role to play in that. And COVID has kind of really messed everybody up in their own way. And for me, it was this, and it was just like, and it took a very long time for me to, for me to be able to not only admit it to myself, but admit it to my therapist and to my parents that I need, that I need help on this. And it, in terms of like, I don't want my therapist to, to judge me. They are not going to judge you. They Their job aren't. is not to judge when you. When you're like, I don't want to tell them this because they're going to judge me, that's you judging yourself, mm, usually. Sometimes absolutely. there are some awful therapists that will judge you, but if they are, but a lot of the times it's in your head where you're like, oh, they're going to judge me for this, but it's really like, no, you're already just judging yourself. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think weed and alcohol are things that mentally ill teenagers whose parents maybe don't care or don't realize that they are mentally ill, that's something that they go to, and it quickly turns into addiction. Because as somebody who's, 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 who struggled with that at, at the beginning, it works. It, when you're mentally ill, anything that makes you feel happy or even just feel Oh it works, my God. especially for me, who I've been dealing with stomach issues my entire life and chronic health issues, and it worked. I'm not saying this to encourage other people to use it. I think that the plant can be used in a healthy I way. I absolutely believe it can be used very well. it needs to be controlled. It needs to be... I don't think it is healthy for young teen... Oh, that's so cute. You like my drip? I like... That's some good drip. If you look on the Instagram at the McLean Minute, you will see our lovely creations. And Miss Daba Wisen in the flesh, please continue. Um, okay, I have a short attention span. Uh, uh, we possible were talking ADHD, about ADHD, but um, we were talking about um, dependency on. Oh marijuana. yes, yeah. I think, I think it's just so glorified in the media the use of alcohol. And weed, I think people realize that alcohol is more of a problem, or they think alcohol is more of a problem than weed is. No, they are both up there. They're both highly able to be abused. Like, I think that people are more aware that there's a risk that comes with drinking alcohol. Also, with alcohol, there are physical signs of being unwell when you use it too much, Mm -hmm. such as hangovers. And liver just problems. liver, like there are physical signs. I mean, with smoking weed, you can. I mean, there's not that. That that's the thing because people are like, but you can't overdose on weed. It's like, yeah, but you can still trigger psychotic breaks if you are mentally ill. Oh, and that's yeah. what happened with me was that I, I didn't know the extent of my mental illness and how much it affected me, and it was really, really f-ing scary. A lot of people don't realize how affected they are which it can be hard as me someone who is mentally ill but I also have a lot of mentally ill friends because you know they're drawn to you they're yeah I like to try to fix people which <laughs> is a problem healthy, of its own is another a podcast of its own, but I have a lot of mentally ill friends and it's hard to watch them 
be worse or like get worse or become addicted to these things but not even realize it mm-hmm. and then you're just there and you know that if you try to get them to stop or try to tell them to stop it's going to drive a wedge between you and you just won't be able to help them at all so you just have to sit back and say nothing and just watch this kind of collapse happen in front of you and that's really difficult to just watch someone sort of self-destruct mm-hmm. and not be able to stop it because it's not actually your responsibility, even if you are friends. But it's still just addiction is... It sucks. It sucks. It's, I mean, yeah, and I just, it infuriates me when people don't realize that they are addicted to something where I'm like, well... But you are, and they're like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, you have to smoke, like, 12 times a day. And you have to be high constantly to feel, like, quote-unquote, normal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not looking great. No. But I also think that weed can be used positively. I don't think it should be used to treat mental health so much as it should be used to treat physical health. 100%. I don't think it's the solution to mental health. I think a lot of people feel like it is. Also in the spiritual community, there is a lot of emphasis on using natural substances to cure yourself. Yes, some of it does work in terms of minor mental illness and some small things that you're struggling with, like, oh, I need to calm down at night, that's it. But when you're having intrusive thoughts, it can make it worse. It can make it so much worse. I mean, also... Just, it's just crazy to me that I feel, it's like, I feel so mad at our generation because we were the generation that was supposed to stop smoking, like, cigarettes, and then everybody got addicted to, like, flavored vapor, which it is, but we just kind of glossed over these facts about drugs because honestly they did use way too many scare tactics when they taught us about drugs to the point where you could tell that this wasn't true where they're like if you smoke weed once you're going to die and become pregnant and you're gonna just be poor and live a terrible life forever which i mean no yeah and yet white kids smoking pot could you know yeah in the words of john mulaney Pretty sure he got a trophy. (laughs) (laughs) I was at that concert with a gram on me and I got caught. I'm pretty sure I didn't do a hard time for that one, you know? Pretty sure I got a trophy. trophy. (laughs) No, but it's true. That's how it is. What's your favorite John Mulaney quote? I'm trying to think of good John Mulaney quotes right now. Mine is, I'm just going to sit here Here and and feed feed my my birds. birds. Have you seen like the... That's like what Leo's would be. I'm trying to like... Because there are so many that I adore, and I'm trying to pinpoint which one. Because there are, like, so many parts of his set that I could just do from memory. Wow. We're at 55 minutes. Whoa. Whoa. Do a flip. (laughs) Um... Yeah, but I want to sip, sip of come, come, yes. 
This is actually real. Okay, but his signature on the bottle. It's so I weird. I thought that. Okay, this. I'm very. We're talking stupid. about GT Dave's kombucha, by the yes. way. <laughs> I am very low intelligent, so I thought that this was a like Chinese or Japanese or Korean uh, scripture. It mark. looks like it. It, it it has the defining characteristics that would be in those, but it's not. I'm it's just got the angles, but no, it's just, just GT Dave's. Stupid, and, it's and this flavor GT that we're Dave. talking about is Mystic Mango. It is it's easily my good. favorite flavor. I love mango flavored anything. Mango is very good. I have taken to eating just like frozen mango. Oh my god! Don't even so get me started. Good. I'm like. I'm so, I think my father, he has often said that his addictions is our pizza, maple syrup, and vanilla ice cream. That sounds like every single father I've ever met. <laughs> but Okay, but it's true. My dad doesn't smoke. My dad doesn't drink. My dad exercises religiously. He is like the only person I know who enjoys <laughs> exercising <laughs> genuinely. I've been getting into... Have you heard of Reiki? Yes. I've been really getting into Reiki ASMR. Can you tell the audience what that is? I mean, do I truly understand what it is? No, but it's just like women who are like, hello, you may be struggling. Feel the energies leaving your body. Let me pluck the negative energies from your aura. Let me... Take it away from you. Let go of those bad experiences. It works. It, works. it relaxes. It really works. Okay, I like remember when ASMR became a thing, and I was like, okay, this is fake. Like, I I never got like the tingles that people said they did. I did. I got really into. <laughs> <laughs> I got into people like eating honeycomb. Like, I can see. It's I, really satisfying. Like when people would be like. The whole like mouth noise thing that just grinded my gears. Or I just like they just <laughs> <laughs> like the animal noise ones. Yeah, it's like I don't know why, but then suddenly I started watching like Reiki stuff, and it like made me get like tingles on my scalp, and I was like, "Whoa, this feels like so amazing!" And I would just like relax instantly. Mm-hmm. The comments under those, wild. So wild. Funny. Do you want to know one that I read recently? I was reading through them, and this woman goes, I'm nine months pregnant. I'm doing an at-home birth, and in my birth plan, I'm planning on watching all of your videos while I'm giving birth. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I was making those, I'd be like, okay, you're taking it way too I far. Know, you're, like, you're, like, you're blocked, man. That's like a bit creepy. Yeah, there's people like that, and I'm like, uh, okay. But I can't think of anything. People always come up with such good, funny stuff to put on these bracelets. I know. I don't have any creativity. I have not had an original thought in my life. I just say other people's thoughts in a less cohesive way than they said it. And that's, like, how I've lived my life. But, okay, let's think. What is, have you watched BoJack Horseman? I've seen, like, one episode, but it kind of, 
it hit too close to home oh, and I had to stop. <laughs> I I can't watch season six. That's the last season. I can't. I can't. Because it's like he finally gets his life together and then it just gets so bad. And it's like so close to home. But like one of my favorite poems comes from that show. It's The View from Halfway Down. The view from halfway down is the best, like, anti-suicide thing I have ever seen in my life. Like, have you, do you know the poem? No, but I'm looking up because I have to remind myself that I give the suicide hotline at the end of each episode and I didn't write it down. Oh. I feel like I can recite some of the poem. No, I can't. I thought I could, but it... I can't. The water whispers nothing. The wind, it seems sublime. What's it called? The View from Halfway Down. Poem from Bojack. We're going to read it. Yeah. Oh, it is... It is a... The scene... I mean, just like in the show, the way that it's read... Beautiful. The weak breeze whispers nothing. The water screams sublime. His feet shift teeter-totter. Deep breaths stand back. It's time. Toes untouch the overpass. Soon he's water-bound. Eyes locked shut, but peek to see the view from halfway down. A little wind, a summer sun, a river rich and regal. A flood of fond endorphins bring a calm that knows no equal. You're flying now. You see things much more clear than from the ground. It's all okay. It would be. We are not... Were you not now halfway down? Thrash to break from reality, what could now slow the drop? And I'd give for toes to touch the safety back at top. But this is it, the deed is done, silence drowns the sound. Before I leaped, I should have seen the view from halfway down. No, I really should have thought about the view from halfway down. I wish I, I, wish I could have known about the view from halfway down. That is deep, man. Oh, it's, Bojack. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, but... Yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes of TV ever created. But I love that show so much. Recently, it's become really popular to talk about on TikTok. And I I don't enjoy the over dissection of these things. Like It doesn't bring me pleasure to analyze everything, every character is done, and how that relates to everything. Like, just leave some of it up to interpretation or just let it be. Let it be art. Art doesn't. Art isn't art because it has every single meaning. Art is art because it's creation and because it's exploring. I just realized that if our boss sees that, he's gonna think it says "I love job." <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> think we're just like, yeah, we love our job. Yes. Speaking of job, we have work in an hour. Oh God, don't say that. We work at. In case the world is watching this, I don't want us to give away our location, but. Um, actually, I totally did. I said that we went to Albemarle High School. <laughs> Just shout out, shout out Mochico, shout out Mochico Hawaiian Barbecue and Deli, um, Fifth Street Station. Station. Excellent, excellent Hawaiian food. Yes, please come visit and apply honestly because we, we, we really we need, need employees. Because I don't want to work eight hours every day this summer. That would not be my ideal way to spend my summer. I, I just realized I made my necklace so big. It's it's a good look. Thank you. I'm also really bad at spelling, so that's like a fun thing that 
How do you feel like college is going to affect your mental health? Are you scared for that? I am so scared, especially because I'm getting a single dorm. Ooh. And I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to become a hermit. But I'm working with my therapist about that. And she's also kind of worried about that, too. So thankfully, okay, my therapist like is still going to be... maybe a bit of hibernation could be good for you. Because I feel like that's something where at least what I observed was you kind of use the method of surrounding yourself by constantly having distractions in yep. order to forget about your mental health oh yeah damn you read me so see this is why i want to dive on because she tells it like it is i am very i yeah one time i got in trouble at school was for yelling at guys for being racist that was which is ridiculous shout out Admiral high school yeah you know for not actually taking steps because of the racist individuals that go there and, and used to go there but yep it's mm. i have to try to figure out how to spell this word backwards let me just spell it out wait why did i put the r there it doesn't end in r <laughs> what are you spelling <laughs> crab <laughs> <laughs> it's like the second letter <laughs> it ends in b crab yeah it says b-a-r-c yeah bark. bark yo i love that but yeah, I just, so I feel like, but also, you know, being isolated isn't always the best thing too, but I think you'll make friends and you'll have fun. And I think that it will be like a good, more chill experience. Yeah. Because high school kind of did me really dirty. Yes. And yes, I had great parts of it. And Elmoral High School has given me so many opportunities. Like I've I have loved being in Mesa. It has it has given me a lot of opportunities to grow and to be in classes that I could actually enjoy. That does not mean I like the institution of Mesa, to put it that way. I feel like it can be toxic. And I'm very... What, what are your thoughts on how admissions is changing next year? Um, my thoughts are, hey, maybe just include more people of color instead of turning it into an all-out lottery because you still don't have a really high chance of increasing your diversity that way either while you are actually getting not admitting students who would really succeed and benefit from that program Uh i'm just like i do think that like anybody can thrive in mesa maybe it's just because i didn't thrive in mesa (laughs) but um i mean First of all, I don't want to be an engineer. I don't like engineering. I don't want to either. But I like having a sense of superiority over other people. And in that way, it really let me have that. So I I think that it's good, but also those math classes are hard. And I was up to the level that I was supposed to be in all my classes. And I still struggled so much. Now, given, again, I'm not the best at math. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I feel like kids might not know what they're getting into. Yes, I agree. And it's intense. It's it, can, it really, it's broken me at some point. Have you ever cried during a test? Yes. <laughs> when you just sit there and you start crying, so you're like, I don't know the answers. Absolutely. Or I remember that was the first class where I ever like failed a quiz was that math class. Yep. 
and that was always that ooh, not a good feeling. One second to last question that I have written down, because we have gone all yes. over the place, but we've kind of touched everything. Um, what is your definition of happy? Oh, man, that, that's a cruel question. That's cruel, but... I know. Um, man, that's like when Bo Burnham ends his, one of his stand-up specials with, I hope you're happy, and I'm like... Dude, you're going to take me from that high to that low where I now have to think about that. But um, for me, being happy, I guess happiness, because obviously there's Sorry, no I'm such thing as the, endless, continuous happiness. There's You're not going to get that ever. You're never going to be happy all the time. And if you were, that would take away from it. But... I think not being depressed is probably a good definition of happiness for me because, I mean, I've definitely gone through phases where I've been, like, really depressed and then not really depressed and what a difference it makes in how you feel. Like, oh, my gosh, it feels amazing. But I think happiness is not defined but impacted by having motivation and drive and purpose I think purpose is probably one of the biggest things that to me would define happiness Mm -hmm. is having a sense of wanting to do something because like a lot of the times when you're depressed or have these mental illnesses, you're not and you can't think about the future. And I think to be able to reasonably think about the future and just be okay with it is probably something to me that would imply actual happiness. You know? This is my $10 kiss shirt from Target. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's um, a lot of their shirts with the bands. I don't know them, so if I ever get grilled. But I, I like Kiss because they were in Scooby-Doo. So that's how <laughs> I know about them. It's very authentic, but... Yeah, you should do a Scooby-Doo episode. I love that. I plan on continuing this after I finish my project. Yeah, like, I'll, I plan I'll on having regular episodes. For a Scooby-Doo episode, for sure. Yeah. Because I was obsessed with Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. Also, I recently watched the American Girl doll movie, Samantha. Oh, my God. For me, Molly, my favorite one. Kit Kit Ridge also was heat. Okay, the part when they made the clothes out of the potato sacks... I was oh my jealous. God. I was like, that is the prettiest strip I've <laughs> ever seen. Like, get me that. You know? Can you tie it? Yes, I can tie I it. I can't tie it. I'm, I'm going to show up to work with a crabs and an I Heart Job uh, bracelet on. As I'm tying this, do you have any advice or words of wisdom to close out this lovely long episode? Um, well, one is life always gets better from your low points and you just have to keep going because quitting is not the best choice. And also don't put all your value into how you look or how you do in school or anything just objective like that. 
because that's not going to make you happy, especially since a lot of those things are fleeting and can change really quickly. So just focus on yourself and your friends and buy some cats and that will definitely help. I love that. Would you like to close us off today? What do I say? Good night, everybody. Oh, well, this has been the McLean Minute, and I would just like to wish everybody... I didn't say it, that word right <laughs> <laughs> at all. Everybody. Everybody. And just everybody have a great life. You know, I'm going to give my same advice I did on the last podcast I was on, which is give birth in a, in a crouched position... <laughs> And don't fund the military. This is Franny McLean. This is Dava Weisand. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.